You are about to experience the Jerry Banfield Show. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I make this podcast to help you feel better, learn something new, and enjoy your life by letting all those emotions out, whether it's tears of joy or sadness that are going to turn into a beautiful day for you. I release a new episode almost every day that is recorded live on my Facebook or Twitch. You can just search Jerry Banfield and follow me on either of those if you haven't already, if you'd like to join us and be a part of the discussion each day. If you want to get in contact with me, you can go to jerrybanfield.com. I now have a phone number. You can text in the USA or Canada, and you can also send me a message on WhatsApp if you'd like to reach out privately. I'm grateful for a partnership with Genitrust Savings to help make this podcast financially viable. Imagine earning up to 12% interest in a savings account that is FDIC insured. That's what I'm doing right now with my Genitrust Savings account. And if you would like to be earning up to 1% a month interest, go to jerrybanfield.com, look for where it says savings under the bullet list, and you can click on the direct link, which is genitrust.com slash jerry. And you'll also see a link to a YouTube video where I go into great detail for 20 minutes and answer all the questions I know you have about the Genitrust savings account. I'm so excited to get this podcast started with you. And if I ever get another sponsor on my host, Anchor, then there'll be a sponsorship thing that plays right here afterwards. I love you. You're awesome. And now we'll get started with the actual episode. I've made this about two minutes long. So if you listen to every episode, you can just hit skip four times and get straight to it. Welcome to our telepathic communication for beginners live course that I'm filming on Facebook today with no notes, no prepared presentation, just an idea in my head of what's going to come out. This is so exciting because my awareness of telepathic communication is one of the things that has helped a lot with my recovery as an alcoholic. It's helped me feel connected to everybody around me. It helps me feel loved and understood. It helps me make deep connections with people and it helps me to just with every single aspect of life is really helpful. And I'm going to talk about if you're kind of a skeptic and you're looking for proof, I will help you see your own telepathic abilities. I'll help you understand in a basic sense how telepathic communication works and I'll help you be more successful for the telepathic communication you're already doing. I'll also do whatever I can to answer the questions that are live while we're doing this on Facebook and then I will take the recordings of this over onto my podcast from the core of the live stream here in Facebook. I'll take a clip, put it on my podcast and on my YouTube. Bush. So since it's recorded live, you'll hear me shouting people out, answering questions. And if you missed it live, I'm online most days, 11 a.m. Eastern on Facebook. What's up, Bushmaster, Absar, Aslam, Marcius, Kadarius, Frisky, Fritzy, Gaiman, Travis, Fulcher, Marco, Da, Luz. Thanks for being here. Brady says, I sent you a text. I'm going through a lot and need some inspiration. Don't want to throw my issues in public. I love that. If you'd like anything sent to me privately, Go to jerrybanfield.com. I've got my phone number, which I've just got a new phone number set up on this phone 
I've got a tutorial on YouTube with Tello showing how I did that. It's only $10 a month. You can text me in the US and Canada and you can WhatsApp me globally now. Just go to jerrybanfield.com, grab that phone number. It's a new number from the one I've been using. Jacob Forster, love this. All right, first, telepathy or te telepathy, telepathic communication. For those that are skeptics or are a little questioning, like I have a neighbor who's a psychologist and I talked with him and he says, well, I don't know if there's scientific proof to whether it exists or not. And from my point of view, telepathy is something I consistently experience. And from my point of view, there's people who know about telepathy and use it and there's people who essentially have their eyes closed to its existence. I'll give you an example of this. Let's say you and I are standing outside talking and you've had your eyes closed your entire life or maybe at some point growing up you closed them. And I'm telling you, look, it's a beautiful sky out there. There's a sun that's shining down. There's birds in the sky. And you say, I don't see any proof of it. And I say to you, well, open your eyes and you shall see the proof. It's right in front of you. Thank you for the stars. Let's go. Tim with the 100 stars. I was thinking about you last night, Tim. Nice to see you today. Thank you very much for the 100 stars. Tim, I say to you that if you'll simply open your eyes, you will see the sun, you will see the birds, you will see the sky. And you tell me I don't need to open my eyes because I don't see any proof and therefore there is none. The same thing kind of goes with telepathy except it's about opening your mind. If you think that, oh, there's no proof for telepathy or I don't know if it exists, that's actually blocking. It's the same as having your eyes closed. It's blocking your ability you are blocking yourself from using it. And even if you just switch your mind to a thought like, well, maybe there's telepathy, or it, it's certainly a possibility, and if it exists, I would like to experience it. That's a pretty safe viewpoint where you're not just totally agreeing with me right up front, but if you are open at least, that if it is there, you're in a place where you can say, maybe there's telepathy, maybe there's not. If it does exist, I would like to experience it and see the proof of it. When you're in that state, you're in a place of I don't know and I'd like to find out. Your curiosity will then bring you all the proof you're looking for. I will explain it in another way that'll help it make a lot of sense. Telepathic communication is actually what we're used to what is normal and how we are born into this world. And one of the big frustrations that children and babies have is the adults often lack of engagement in conscious telepathic communication. We are immortal souls, we are spirit, we are eternal and we go into that every night this body and this physical existence is kind of like a dream our soul is having. Our souls communicate normally via telepathy. And it's only during this dream of being in a physical form that we think we revert to using words and body language to communicate when really we started off with telepathy and the people around us often were not successfully receiving our telepathic communications, although we were receiving theirs.
and we used words as babies and body language so that the people around us who had turned off their awareness often of telepathic communication would be able to understand us. However, you'll find that the most easy and smooth telepathic communication will often come with a child because children still are very much in the telepathic world. And you'll notice children communicate very well with each other even though they don't appear like they should, even though their words are often very simplistic or they don't know the words, they will still seem to often communicate very successfully with each other better than adults in some instances. Jason, dad dang. Matthew Joseph, nice to see you today. You might be wondering, okay, if there is telepathy, how do I see some proof of it in my life? Let me help you see that you've already got a whole bunch of proof for it. Have you ever been thinking of someone before and they texted you or called you or showed up right in proximity to you thinking about them? That's happened to almost all of us at some point. In fact, it happens to me frequently. And the most powerful example that you'll see this happen is when you hadn't seen someone or talked to someone or heard from someone in a while, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, you two both either text or call each other. And this happens frequently with people we're connected with, like our parents, our children, our spouses. This often happens and we take it for granted. That's telepathy. There is no, for example, I've often picked up the phone to call my mother at the exact moment she was calling me. And if you just looked, and same thing with my brother, same thing with my wife, there's just no, if you look at statistics and what's the probability of you at the exact same second picking up the phone during an hour that has 3,600 seconds in it, the odds of you picking up the phone and literally being ready to hit dial and the other person having called you already, the odds of that are almost zero. And how often has that happened to you in your life? That's happened to me a bunch of times. That I've literally had the phone in my hand and been ready to text someone and they sent me a message. And sometimes there had been no communication at all for a period of time, as a day, even sometimes weeks or months. And that is proof that there is communication that is happening that is not taking place by words or not taking place by body language. And therefore, and yes, this is on 420, which is kind of funny. I might start with a definition of telepathy. If you're wondering like, all right, what is telepathy? Basically, I'm calling telepathy communication that happens direct mind to mind, where there are no words, there's no body language, or there's nothing else in the physical world that is indicating communication. And that's what's happening. If you're going to call somebody and they're already calling you, you are, and physics has given us proof of this possibility by things like some of these subatomic particles are actually paired and they communicate with each other and there's no, they can communicate at any distance. There's paired particles. I forget exactly what the name of them is, but there's paired particles. Our scientists that have found that essentially are linked directly to each other, regardless of time and space and location. I guess that was redundant with saying space. And you could say coincidence, 
However, coincidence to me is like having your eyes closed to what is happening. If, of course, if you just looked at statistical probability at some point, you would think that, okay, if I'm calling people and they're calling me all the time, at some point, just by luck alone, we're going to happen to call each other at the same time. But if you consider how many seconds are in a, there's 3,600 seconds in an hour. The odds of you calling each other within the exact same second are almost zero. And actually the phrase coincidence means to perfectly come together. If you look the definition up, it let's look at we'll look the definition up right now. Co we're wrong keyboard. Co co in ah coincidence definition. Let's look up coincidence uh coincide definition. Occur at the same time, correspond in nature, correspond in position. Where how do you use coincide? Can I get coincidence? In a definition, please coincidence. Space typing. All right, coincidence. Why is it searching ultimate sex toy collections? <laughs> that doesn't even make sense why that ad would be there. <laughs> coincidence, a remarkable occurrence of events without apparent causal conversation. Look at the definition of coincidence without apparent causal co connection. If you can't see the causal connection, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Correspondence in nature or time of occurrence. What coincidence, if you write things off in coincidence, you're also writing off your ability to perceive the reason. I don't look at anything as coincidence today because I'm aware of things like telepathic communication. And while something looks like coincidence, if you've got your eyes closed, if you've got your eyes open, it makes perfect sense. And there's not a mystery. There's no lack of causality. And we are actually engaging in telepathic communication while I'm doing this, both while I'm actually doing it and after I am done doing it and even before I've done it in the first place. Now that might be a bit too much for beginners, but the important point to take is that telepathic communication is not limited by time or space. Telepathic communication, direct mind-to-mind -mind communication is working on a level that is outside of time and space. And therefore you can actually t communicate in the past telepathically, you can communicate forward telepathically and uh, you and that's how we are creating the entire world like this. What's up, Lisa Marie? Nice to see you today. Yes, your perspective will change as you age. It is, helps to, yes, and children are often very open to telepathy. And then there's a closing at certain points, and then often there's a reopening. Now, let me explain a bit how telepathic communication works. We've got a definition of it. It's communication that doesn't include any observable phenomenon, like no words, no text messages. It's communication that is directly non-physical, you might say. What's up, Rod? Nice to see you today. Waylon, I'm doing fantastic today. Telepathic communication works a lot like verbal communication in the sense that there's a sender and a receiver 
you can look at it like this. It may not be like that absolutely, but it'll help to look at this at like this. So if there's a sender and a receiver, so if I send you a telepathic message, it is also up to you if you want to receive that message or not. So I can send a telepathic message to you all day, but if you are close to receiving it, you will not hear it. And in fact, if you're obsessed with verbal communication and you're constantly focused on verbal communication and your mind is closed to telepathic communication, you will often block out a lot of the telepathic communication that comes to you in the forms you're not used to receiving it. Now, there's also a lot of telepathic communication you are in the habit of receiving, and I'll explain to you how that works and why, why people can say the same words and yet there's a completely different meaning. That's because of the telepathic communication behind the words. Bill's been following 77 days. Nice. Louie, I'm glad you like the explanation. Liam says, I've always wondered if neuro-linguistic programming works when people aren't in the same room as each other. I, With telepathic communication, that's what's really cool. It's non-physical. You can communicate, and telepathic communication is often done directly through images and feelings. So here's what... All right, so basics of telepathic communication. First, there is sending and receiving. So in order for successful telepathic communication to happen, you must have open or active sending and open receiving. Therefore, if either of those is not happening, for example, if you're open, but whoever you're open to is not communicating, just like talking, you will not get anything. And if whoever you are sending something out to is not open to receiving, then you will not receive anything. And some of us have used that basis to say, well, there is no telepathy because if I can just think of something and send it with my mind, why can't anyone receive it? Well, two things. First, if people don't want to receive your telepathic communication, they can block you out or ignore you or pay attention to something else. And the second thing Telepathic communication works by your level of emotional intensity that you send it with. For example, my daughter and I have tested out our telepathic communication a little bit playing... What game did we play? We were playing uh, Candyland. And uh, we tested out our telepathic communication and I said... I'm going to pick the card up. I'm going to think of what I see on it. And I want you to tell me what you see, what I see on this card. And my daughter was able to disproportionately or more than random chance, she was able to pick out the card I drew it more than just luck. In Candyland, there's multiple colors. And sometimes we were able to hit streaks where she would just guess it correctly. However, that's the kind of telepathic example we might think of, but that's not a very good example of telepathy because the emotional intensity is not there. The more emotional intensity comes with a telepathic message, the more clear the communication is. And that's why you are often drawn to people and it's because of the emotional intensity they're communicating with. Now, that communication will often come out in words, but the words themselves, if you just take the words, are often not significant. If you just put the words, 
without the telepathic intent behind it, which is hard to separate, the words themselves will not be that special. When you think about some of the great speakers that you might have heard in your life, you will notice that it's not as much the words they used, but the feeling that was behind the message. And that's something communicated telepathically. So you'll find if you're drawn to listening to me, for example, what you're really drawn to is the energy I put this out with. It's not as much the words I use, it's the energy, the telepathic sending I'm doing behind the words. That's what you're really receiving that is producing that within yourself. I'll give you a great example of this. To, and to contrast it with like my daughter playing Candyland. So if you just try and do something telepathic without strong emotion, especially if there's some skepticism, you may think it doesn't work. For example, if you tell your friend, look, I'm what, you know, what am I looking at on my phone right now? There's no emotional, you don't really care. Your friend, this the telepathic communication may not be successful. Johnny, thank you for setting the exclamation point notify. Let me give you an example of when this communication happened for a friend of mine and his wife and their son. Now, even if you're not telepathic, if you don't, everyone's telepathic, but even if you don't think you are or you don't pay any attention or have any conscious awareness of it, there are when there is very strong emotional intensity, this will go straight through into your mind. Here's an example. My friend had an infant child who is doing very well today, thankfully, as you'll hear after this story. My friend had an infant child who they put down in their crib, according to the doctor's recommendations, on their back. And the mother was washing dishes. Now, she had just put the child to bed. And the child apparently ha had some, was vomiting up the, what, the breast milk that they had been fed. And the child's airway was blocked. And uh, therefore, the child was suffocating to death while the mother was washing the dishes. Now, the child's ordinary telepathic communication without much level of feeling might not have been heard. However, the child you know, communicated at maximum frequency. Help me, please. I'm dying right now. And his mother in the kitchen, while she was washing dishes, all of a sudden the thought came into her head, I should go check on my son right now. Even though there was absolutely no objective reason. She didn't hear anything. She was in another room. She didn't see anything. And she had just put the child to bed. Logically, there was no reason she would have went to check on her son again in that particular scenario. There's no coincidence here. There's no way she would have done that. She was in the middle of doing something. Why would she stop washing the dishes and go randomly check on her son unless she had received a telepathic communication directly from her son to her mind? She stopped washing the dishes. She went in and saved her son's life and by turning him over, helping him clear his throat, and they took him to the emergency room. Everything was okay with him, and now he's growing up successfully. That's an example if there is a, that's an example of successful telepathic communication. Now, you might not think of it that way, but that's exactly what happened. You could call it, well, it's the mother's instinct. Well, the mother's instinct triggered because the child sent out a very strong message, help mom. And the mother received that message and said, oh, 
I'm going to go help my son, even though the rational mind would have said there's no reason to. And we often write off things like telepathy and say, oh, that was just my instinct or my intuition, when really we are mentally connected to the entire universe. We always have intuition, and I'm calling it telepathy, but you could call it intuition. You could call it guidance from God. You could call it whatever you want to. The point is to get at that energetic level of connection with the universe. That's what you're really seeking to get into. And I see Ray said, my daughter's eight months. Can I telepathically communicate with her even though she can't talk? I'm sure you already are telepathically communicating with her. I was very aware of communicating directly with my daughter when she was a baby because that's the only kind of communication you have. And one reason we're often drawn to children is because we really like the telepathic communications that are coming out of them. Children come in with so much love and they're radiating that love out. That's the telepathic communication that most babies especially and many children are communicating. They're sending out this radiating love and joy. And the reason we're really drawn to babies is not because they're so cute or because we just like them. It's because we feel what they're sending out. We feel the unconditional love that those babies especially and the children are sending out. And what I've found is that I can intentionally cultivate that in myself and send that out and that I get the same kind of reaction out of many people as children do. The purpose of telling you this is to help you understand how much power you have in what you communicate. And I used to see how people would react to children and I'd get kind of jealous. Like, I want people to react that way to me. And what I see today is if I communicate telepathically how children are communicating, I get that same kind of reaction, which is now the reaction I get. Oreo, nice to see you today. Where attention goes, energy flows, yes. Zach says, instinct and intuition are a delta brain level wave of communication. We, we think of things happening within the brain, so to speak, but really consciousness is creating this whole everything in our lives. Like some of us think that the physical is creating the mental, but the mental is actually driving the physical. That your consciousness, your self, your soul, you created this body. You thought this body into existence. And when this body ceases to operate, you will continue to be in existence uninterrupted by the body passing. Now, while brains have certain functions that they do, the communication we're working with is actually more from our true selves. And it is even observable with scientific instruments. However, it is not restricted to our bodies. Our communication is not restricted at all to our bodies because we're talking about non-physical communication, which is getting back into who we really are and our consciousness is not imprisoned by our bodies. Our consciousness is choosing to focus in our bodies at this particular time. However, if you cut off your sensory input, you will become more sensitive to all the other things your consciousness is aware of. This body and this self is kind of like a 
a big bright light where you can't see the stars very well when the sun's out. But if you dim, or which is what happens when you go to sleep, you dim the light of this physical existence, now you can see all the stars that are out there and all the other realities and possibilities. So telepathy is also about getting connected with who you really are as a telepathic being, as a non-physical being of soul, of consciousness, who's chosen to have this physical existence, who has always known how to do telepathy. And the proof for that is in how you experience sleep every night. You must still be alive when you're asleep, but you don't remember it. And in fact, this life is kind of like a dream that you fall asleep into when you come out of your sleep. I get a feeling when I'm going to sleep that in some ways I'm dying. I'm letting go of this body completely and I have no idea what I'm going into, but that's really like going to sleep is like waking up into who I really am. Brady says, I have so many good memories and it hurts me thinking of them whether I'm in their lives or now. All right, so we'll talk about some blocked telepathic communications and you will we'll figure that out. Now, remember, your ideas create your reality. So if you don't think telepathy exists, you will see proof of that. If you don't think you can communicate telepathically, you won't see the obvious proof that you are. It's just like the example I gave with my eyes closed, that if you close your eyes and say, I don't see anything, and somebody says, open your eyes and you'll see it, and you say, I know it's not there, definitely not there I don't see anything there can't be anything because I don't see it and somebody says open your eyes and you open your eyes whoa there's a lot of stuff here it's up to you if you choose to open your eyes or not and uh, I'm sharing this so that you know you have a choice to open your eyes or not and if you choose to keep your eyes closed that's up to you that's okay it's great to have all of us thinking differently that's what makes the world interesting can you imagine how boring telepathy would be if we all thought the exact same way and we had the exact same memories and the exact same things to think about? That would be hell. What makes this life interesting is that all of us have all these different realities and different ideas of things. I'll give you another example. <laughs> Why are you talking open in your mouth? Well, a lot of us are focused and in the habit of using verbal communication. And in this physical reality we've created, we've also generally agreed that we will use words through verbal communications, and we're in the habit of doing that. I'm sharing this way because a lot of us are prepared to receive the entire message, the words and the big picture through telepathy, a lot of us are prepared to receive in this certain way. For example, your house has a mailbox or a mail slot on it, and your mailman puts the mail in the space you expect to receive it. Now, if the mailman went around the back of your house and threw the mail in your backyard, you'd be like, what the hell are you doing? I expect you to put the mail in the mailbox because that's where I know to look for it, and that's where I expect to receive it. So you expect me to deliver you this message through all these tones of voice, and therefore I deliver it that way. However, if you expected me to deliver this message purely non-physically, and you were prepared to receive it, I would deliver it that way. And uh, this 
case that I'm talking about will be most powerful when you're dealing with someone who's disincarnated, who's left the physical body behind or stopped dreaming the dream of the physical body. If you want, that's what's really cool about telepathy. And this is how I've got into telepathy a, a lot is communicating with the dead. Once you realize the validity and the actions of telepathy, you realize that you can communicate with anyone, living or dead, directly, mind to mind. And that is what's helped me a lot to, for example, deal with my dad passing, is being able, once I opened my mind to the direct telepathic communication, I'm able to communicate anytime my the spirit of my father is open to having a back and forth conversation, it can happen. And that's what's really cool. And that's happened a bunch of times in the last seven years since my father has passed. As I, as I opened my mind to the back and forth communication and my father's mind was open, it was my mind that was closed. And once I opened my mind, my father was right there with messages of love and support for me. My mind had to open in order for me to receive it. You shall not receive that which you reject. For example, if you tell the mailman, look, I don't want any mail in this mailbox, then depending on where you live, the mailman probably won't put any mail in your mailbox. So if you shut yourself off mentally and you say, I don't want any, I don't want to know anything about you or what you're thinking, then you will block it from coming in. And that state results in a feeling of disconnection. It results in a feeling of being alone. And for example, when my family just went out of town last weekend, I did not miss them the way you would think of feeling distant from somebody. I felt like I was there with my family because the mental connection was just as strong as when they're physically here. Even though I was not physically near them, I felt their presence all around me and I felt my presence all around them. So I didn't feel like there was any separation because our mental connection is so strong. And I'm grateful through my father passing that I reached out so much with my father that I'd, it's only logical if you can communicate telepathically with the dead, well, I'm sure it works better with the living. What's up, James says, What's good? Waiting at courthouse for my girl to get out. All right, good luck with that, James. Brady says, do you believe in reincarnation? Every day when I fall asleep is kind of like dying in this physical existence and going off somewhere else to my, maybe my true self, you'd say. And every time I come back in, it's like a reincarnation. And in fact, our bodies are going through a constant state of birth and death. Like there's dead cells I'm carrying around all over this body right now. Meanwhile, there's cells being born all over this body right now. Some of this body is dead and most of the body is alive. Therefore, this body is in a constant process of birth and redeath, birth and death. And really, there's some funny accounts. I've been listening to the book Seth Speaks, which has sharpened some of my conscious knowledge of this. And Seth talks about how some people really spirit entities are so focused, but we'll just say people for simplicity. Some people are so used to being sick and so identified with this physical existence that upon death, the new spirit body they immediately create is also sick 
and they end up at a spiritual afterlife hospital where they remember that they're not sick. Remember that they have created the sick body of their own free will and remember how to let go of the sick body and be back in a fully functioning body, <laughs> which is just, that's funny to me. <laughs> Lisa says, good morning, nice to see you today. There is, the soul is immortal. It doesn't, it constantly lives. It constantly evolves and grows and changes. So the soul is, death is kind of just an idea that we've set on this physical plane. That there, there is no death in spiritual terms because there is constant change and growth. And therefore, all there is is life. All there's ever been is life. All there ever will be is life. Death is, it's more like getting lost and forgetting who you are. So one might argue that being born into this physical existence is more traumatic than dying and getting back out of it, so to speak. So I, I have conscious memories now of past incarnations where I was a soldier, a German in World War II. I was a young black man after that in Detroit. And then I was I chose to incarnate into this particular existence. And really, those are all happening at the same time. Like, I am doing all of those things at once right now. I'm focused on this particular picture and existence right this moment, but really all of it is happening simultaneously. Because the past and the future are kind of just illusions. All things are happening presently. All pasts are ideas that happen now, and all the future is a realm of possibilities happening now. Dean says, I go to sleep at night, but remember nothing until the morning. Many of us choose not to remember anything we go through during our sleep. For one, it's too much of a distraction or it's too different to make it relatable. When I'm just coming out of my dream state sometimes, when I'm in between kind of being woken up and dreaming, I often am able to remember very clearly whatever I was dreaming about. However, it kind of slips away as I wake up because what I'm dreaming about is often very out there. Like I've, I've remembered dreams, for example, of being disincarnated. And I get the feeling that my dreams are just as real as this existence. Like to me, this existence is just another dream that I am dreaming. And uh, I'm essentially, most of us are asleep or we kind of, we incarnate into this existence more, we kind of fall asleep at birth, but still remember a lot more. And then we kind of get into a deeper sleep as we get into like teenage years and really forget completely who we are and that we're dreaming. And then some of us kind of wake up before we let go of this physical existence through what we call death more completely. And others of us, even after we've passed, will struggle to accept the truth of the passing. Some spirits will hold on to their body and they will be mourning their body for longer than the people in their life are mourning it. And some people who've hated their body will then be oddly drawn to it and really love it once they've passed.
Yes, Mason, the whole universe is one mind. And that, that to me is God, is to see that everything is all one mind and we are having a universal experience that you can't really separate me from you. And that's where telepathy comes in, that truly we are in a universe of one mind and there's not actually any separation between my mind and your mind. So telepathy is really an acknowledgement of the universal mind or God and therefore what you are thinking about is not separated from what I'm thinking about. And what, what you'll notice, let me give some more insight into practical examples of telepathy. Bill says, doesn't deja vu come into play with this discussion? It definitely does. I've had lots of deja vus in my life that were rationally unexplainable. Like I've came to a place that I'd never been and I feel like I've already been there before and I'm doing it again. Let's talk about some more practical examples of telepathy. For example, whenever I talk to my wife, she seems to know if I'm talking about a girl I find attractive. And I've paid careful attention to the language I use, the tone I use, and she's definitely picking up directly from my mind. She can tell how I feel about anyone I'm talking with. And she's so sensitive that she can tell whether I'm talking about somebody that sparks any kind of sexual energy in me or not. And she can immediately tell it before I've hardly said anything. And I believe she can even tell it before I even talk about it. And another practical example is our, you could, some of us divide things up into conscious and subconscious, but really what you're conscious of is what you're choosing to be conscious of. And what at some points in your life may have been subconscious is now conscious. And at other points of your life, what was conscious is now subconscious. For example, like driving. I can now drive without almost any conscious attention. When at one point in my life, it took my total conscious focus in order to drive. Now I can just decide I want to be somewhere and be totally mentally distracted and arrive there with no issue. Therefore, there's not a true division between the conscious and the subconscious mind. The subconscious is really what we're not focusing on and the conscious is what we're choosing to focus on. I choose to focus on those telepathic communications so now they are made conscious to me because I choose to focus on them. And what I don't, don't choose to focus on are a lot of the physical things. Like I often pay no attention to what people are wearing, status symbols. Like some people are very fixated on status symbols and maybe I notice them on a subconscious level, but consciously I don't pay attention to most of the time to what purse a woman has or what shoes a guy is wearing, what car somebody's driving. Like I'm paying attention to the telepathic communication and in that sense, I'm ignoring a lot of the things other people would look for. I'm, I'm ignoring a lot of the people like what kind of clothes this person wears, how they're talking. Like I don't pay any attention to that stuff. I'm looking for the, the telepathic connection, like the where our minds are meeting. I'm looking for the most interesting parts of the connection with somebody mentally. 
Like when somebody's talking to me, I'm barely listening to the actual words. I'm listening to the full, the full emotion and the full kind of mental message of what they're sending me. And I often can get pictures in my mind of people's lives and various things they've gone through in their lives, even if they haven't told me about them. Sometimes they'll tell me about them later. But I, I kind of seek to take the whole energy and experience of a person when I'm with them. And that's what I'm doing on a conscious level. And I'm not paying attention to a lot of these other things. And yes, I'm a big believer in the, for example, when I drive, I set an intention that I'm going, I set a conscious intention to arrive there safely. And especially in things like driving, it is very important to be conscious with your decisions. JC says, so anxiety is subconscious, I need to learn. Anxiety can be subconscious until you make it conscious. And once you make things like anxiety conscious, you will realize that it is changeable. If I called how I feel anxiety, I would feel anxious. Because at one point, I had subconscious anxiety. I had all this fear and this energy that wasn't being managed. Once I got conscious of that, then I was able to reprogram my words and reprogram my whole way of thinking about it. And now, some people say, oh, I get so anxious. Or someone might, if I put you in my body, you might think, oh my God, you get really anxious before you do these live talks. But I don't see it that way. I see that I have a massive amount of energy that flows in comparison for these talks. And that is how I look at it. And therefore, I don't experience anxiety. What I experience is a rush of energy that is exciting to me that I'm going to telepathically give or send to you. And therefore, I simply don't have the experience of anxiety anymore unless I think I do. And if I think I do and I detect the thought consciously, then I simply reprogram it. I say, okay, I see that I'm thinking I'm anxious right now. I'm going to change this into a thought. I'm grateful I'm full of energy right now. I control and focus this energy and now I'm no longer anxious. And yes, Travis, I'm proud of you for being able to spot the resistance because what will happen when you're hearing something like this your deepest or subconscious self will kind of get really excited like yes yes come on travis let's get into this but your mind will often try and block things out of fear or out of habit a lot of us put up these psychological barriers because we like to go around thinking that our thoughts are private and people, for example, can't tell if we like them. And now, for example, that was my whole like high school and college. I, I blocked out or struggled to see if some a girl liked me because I, I blocked it out for some reason <laughs> because I told myself this, all these negative stories and those stories blocked me from being able to see. And now I like being able to see if someone likes me or someone's attracted to me or or someone's got a lot of love to give me. I like seeing that and I'm very open to seeing it. And uh, telepathy is so tricky, we don't realize it's happening lots of times. When you look at how telepathy really works, you're kind of thinking together with somebody. 
It's not that there's me and that there's you and I'm sending you something, but really on a deeper level, we are of one mind. We are thinking the same thing. And what I now notice is that I'm drawn to certain thoughts with certain people. For example, I've worked with a lot of massage therapists and there was one massage therapist I worked with who the thought continued to cross my mind about. I wonder how much she would charge to do sexual stuff. And it was, I see that those kind of thoughts are a result of both of our thinking. Because most of the therapists I've worked with, that thought was not, if it crossed my mind, it didn't resonate or stick with that particular therapist. But with one particular therapist, that thought stuck. And it, in getting to know her, it made sense because of the life she was living. It sounded like she was willing and did do things like, you know, she would accept more money for just a, than a, just a non-genital massage. She would accept more money and then she could use that money to go buy drugs. And it, therefore, there was rational evidence of that. But I talked about that with a guy in AA who's very sensitive. And he said, the people... When you are with someone, the thoughts you are thinking are really, it's not two minds thinking two thoughts. It's one mind having two thoughts expressed differently or often the same. So when you're with someone, you would draw certain thoughts out of each other. And I'll give you a good example of this. When you're driving, there is almost no communication at all in ways we're used to thinking of it. Now, some of you may put your fingers up, as I've done plenty of times, not lately, but years ago, driving. You may engage in some nonverbal communication, but driving is one of the most powerful examples of active telepathy because there's almost no physical communication or words being exchanged, and yet... Why does it happen that the same person who tailgates me for a little while quickly goes around me and when they tailgate you, you get into a thing with them, but I don't? Why does that happen? It happens because of telepathic communication. And I used to get in things with people driving and that's because I was open and thinking in a way to have a thing with somebody driving. By a thing, I mean like running each other off the road, flicking each other off, thinking about reaching for my gun and shooting their car while they were driving. I mean, I used to have uh, driving next to a, a truck going 20 miles below the speed limit and backing the whole interstate up. I've experienced lots of things while driving because I was open and I was thinking that way. And this goes back to the law of attraction. Since I was thinking that way, I attracted those circumstances and those people who were also thinking that way in my life, at which point I, we would think that way together. I, would I used to attract the driver who was also driving crazy and both of us, thankfully not actually running each other, but we would encounter each other and we would have drama. And now today, since I am not willing to have drama with another driver, I am telepathically communicating to all the other driver, drivers that this is a no drama guy right here. 
I will not have driving drama with you. I don't care if you tailgate me, cut me off, run me off the road. I'm not going to have driving drama with you. I will not give you more pain and suffering. And therefore, that telepathic communication keeps the crazy drivers away from me and it keeps the ones that come close from getting any closer or having an issue with me. Meanwhile, I watch, you can tell the cars that are communicating with each other. It's as if one car is saying, come on, mess with me. And another car comes along like, I'm going to mess with somebody. And they both start messing with each other. Meanwhile, most of the rest of us that are driving, we see that those two were just right for each other. And those two, on some level, were asking for each other. While the rest of us were not asking for that. And therefore, when you realize the validity of telepathic communication, you realize the necessity of monitoring what you are putting out telepathically. <laughs> and I explained before that telepathic communication, while some people are so sensitive that they can easily... I've seen two people do the telepathic communication with the number thing you just talked about. I was in the headmaster's office at my school, at my daughter's school, and I saw two people who'd known each other for a long time and worked together for a long time the, demonstrate that kind of telepathy. The one guy said, they, they said they were going to do an example or something. John, thank you for the 100 stars, John. I saw two people do the telepathy. So, for example, or I'll tell you the story. The headmaster said, I'm going to think of a number. And immediately the other guy said six. And he looked at him and said, you always know. They were so in sync and their connection with each other was so open that they could literally pick numbers off of each other's brain. That said... Some people are so sensitive and set up. I personally have not seen my telepathy working that specific way currently. Like if you tell me to guess a number right there, I'm not interested in kind of playing that game with you. And therefore, you could say I'm not open to having like a number guessing telepathic game. I am focusing on sending you the love and the joy and the power that I feel that's what I'm sending out. Therefore, and I'm sending that out with a lot of emotion. Now, if you, and I talked about the example before of the mother all of a sudden stopping to do her dishes and going in to save her son's life. Telepathy is least powerful when there's the least amount of emotion behind it. So if you say, think of a number in my head, then, and I don't know you and we have no kind of connection, and you don't really care about the number and I don't really care about the number, then you could say the telepathic connection is weak, although that's a relative way of looking at it. We're in a relative reality. And Keith Cobb comes right in and says, my best friend and I are on this level. Sometimes it's scary. So Keith illustrates the exact thing I'm going to say next. When you are very well connected with someone, like I am with my wife, the level of telepathic communication is actually frightening. Like I was saying before, my wife knows if I'm attracted to someone. 
As soon as I even start to talk about them, she can tell how attracted I am to them. And I can tell my wife's exact emotions that she's feeling. She doesn't have to say anything. I can feel how she feels as soon as she's next to me. And if you get really connected with somebody, this can be kind of scary when you realize they are literally able to read your mind and you can read their mind and therefore you can't keep secrets from each other. My wife trusts me because she can feel exactly what I'm feeling and she knows that if I did something that I felt was wrong and that dishonored the agreements we made, she knows she would feel it. So therefore, she doesn't have to do things like snoop on my phone. Or And in fact, when partners are doing things like snooping on the, each other's phones, that's often because on a, I had a dream when my girlfriend was getting ready to cheat on me. I had a dream she was cheating on me and I told her about the dream. And I imagine that left her feeling pretty bad, but thankfully she still cheated on me and... It, I'm grateful she cheated on me and moved on. But when you're really connected with someone, you can actually read their mind as long as both of you are open to it. And a lot of times you'll get fights in a relationship. It'll go like this. You'll be walking in feeling awful your part, and you'll want to put a good face on for your partner, but they'll immediately see exactly how you're feeling and you will feel kind of angry that you can't hide from your partner and you'll get defensive and you'll create a fight when really you are feeling horribly vulnerable that they can see you exactly. And children are often very perceptive like this as well. Some of the kids, I, as you can see, I put off a very strong, powerful, loving, come give me a hug, I love you, you're amazing vibe. And I consciously choose to put that vibe out because that's what leaves me feeling the best. And that's the best I can give to others. My daughter in her class last year, I would go volunteer once a week and some of the kids were drawn very strongly to my I love you and, and you're so great vibe. And some of these kids would just, I would be like, they would treat me like they treat their parent. They would come running up to me and give me a hug and want me to spend the whole day with them. And uh, some of them give me really long hugs where it even got awkward, like a minute where they would just like cling on to me as hard as they could. And the teacher actually, the teacher went as far as making a rule just for me when I visited because there were a bunch of the kids would do that with me because they could see, they could, they knew I was open to that. Like they could feel my heart was open and if you need a hug for a minute or two and you need me to just pour love out to you, then I am here, I will do that. And uh, the teacher made a rule, that, <laughs> some rule about the kids couldn't like hug me or something because they were going so overboard with it. And I still didn't care what rule the teacher made either. I'm gonna hug whatever kid wants to hug me. And... Uh, that's beautiful to see that kind of openness in the kids. And I notice that the way I interact with my neighbors, like my neighbors consistently are nice to me, wave at me, are happy to see me. I have good relationships with everybody in my life because that's the vibe I communicate telepathically. I don't have to say anything. 
And I'll give you another one. JC says, my wife gives me the evil eye every day, every minute, so I truly don't know what she's thinking anymore. You can shield your thoughts from your partner if you'd like to. However, I find that intimate relationships where I'm fully vulnerable and my mind is fully exposed, those are the most powerful, but it's also scariest if you're used to kind of having your own space and you're very controlling about what you want others to perceive it can be very scary to realize that I'm going to let someone directly into my mind that they will know exactly how I feel about them that they to some degree will be able to read a lot of us think in terms of details all the time like they're gonna read what number I'm thinking about or they're going to know the name of the girl I'm thinking about when really it's more the emotion that is being read. And uh, that can help a bit. For example, if, if I'm really turned on sexually and I'm around my wife, like it kind of doesn't matter how I got turned on sexually. What she's reading is the active sexual energy. Like it doesn't matter if it came about because I went to yoga and there's lots of beautiful women around at yoga or because I was just having a fantasy in my head or because my body just normally gets turned on sometimes without any kind of stimulation, mental or physical. And it does, and that's what's really being read. It's not as much about they're going to like get phone numbers out of your head, although that's possible. It's more about reading your current emotional state and the kind of feeling of your thoughts. That is what's very easily telepathically, and that's what's most directly communicated telepathically. T.A. Pocky, John Lloyd, Ty BTV, Michael Scott Messer, nice to see you today. So, for example, oh, let me read what Brady said. Brady says, no, we worked it out, actually helped her open up and talk. She was feeling neglected and unloved. So someone showed her attention and she fell for it sadly was my bud but no longer in my life and she can't stand him now well that kind of Brady says I had a dream my wife cheated on me and the person my dream was the exact guy she cheated on me with and Brady I appreciate you sharing that example because that's exactly how telepathy works that each of us naturally has intuition and telepathy and in our sleeping states we are most able to access these things. For example, I had a dream the day my daughter got into her school. It was a lottery system. I had a dream right before I got up that she had just been accepted into her school. And the first thing that happened, I got up and said, my wife was all excited and she said, Madeline just got into her school. And I said, I know, I just had a dream that she'd got into her school. That kind of thing is normal if we're open to it. As I said before, I had a dream where my girlfriend cheated on me and she shortly, she was thinking about cheating on me while I was having that dream. And in that way, you can read your partner's thoughts. And you can, and that's what gives strong motivation to take responsibility of my own thoughts and my own feelings. Because I know people can read my mind it gives me strong motivation to focus my thoughts where I want them instead of allowing my thoughts to drift into areas I don't want. Yes, your gut and your intuition is your evidence of telepathic communication. Your gut and your intuition is giving you 
things that you shouldn't know necessarily physically that are being directly communicated with somebody else. Brady says, my wife always has a gut feeling I'm cheating on her, but I'm not, and I assure her all the time I'm not. Now, some of us have our own things we're working through, and we may be pulling our feelings from somebody else in our life. Kevin says, have a great day, thank you. He says, my girlfriends have me dreams of me cheating, but I never, I have never, and I will never cheat. My wife used to have dreams of me cheating, and ironically, recently, the dreams have shifted to her cheating, which has been really cool to witness because I've been right there with Keith. Like, if I, I it's important for me, I'm accountable to myself and my own conscience all the time. And if I say I'm going to be monogamous, then that's what I'm going to do. And I also have the power to change that at any time. And I feel what's right is to modify your agreements with the person, if needed, before just breaking them. Now, at the same time, one thing that is difficult for us telepathically is a lot of us have sexual energy that is not flowing smoothly within us. It's wrapped up in shame. It's stuck in a dark corner of our minds. It is overemphasized and is just flowing all over the place. And what often happens is when we are with, at least to me, when I'm with a group of people, often the sexual thoughts will crank up a degree. And depending on the group of people, the sexual energy will, like when I'm out with the yoga class, depending on who's there, sometimes the sexual thoughts or energy will be flowing very strongly and uh, other times it won't so much. And that is an example of telepathic communication where if the people around you are not having enough sex and are wishing for more sex, then this is telepathically communicated. And if somebody's going around thinking all the time, I really want to have sex, I really want to have sex, then a person who's thinking the same way will be attracted to come together. And that's... That can be where relationships go wrong. As I say, the most important thing in a relationship is to make sure, if it's a romantic one, that you are having sex. Because if that stops and one person really wants to, then that's making the opportunity to cheat very likely. And a lot of us, instead of communicating about this with our partner, then we just go and act out and all of a sudden everybody's all upset. When really, telepathically, everybody knew it was coming. I saw a family member go through this where they were not communicating and they were all this telepath, like, they were not, they, they weren't a team. And at some, eventually, the man ended up acting out and hooking up with a couple of other women. And yet, it seems to me the wife expected that to happen based on her behavior and if I had to, if I could look into her mind, that was what she expected to happen. And that's how she wanted it to go down, is she wanted to feel like she was the victim and that he did everything wrong, when really she did her part to push him away, to tell him to go sleep somewhere else, and he started sleeping at his parents' house, and then she didn't want to be with him sexually anymore and wasn't paying any attention to that from the way I see it, she was telepathically communicating to him that that's what she wanted. Maybe subconsciously, 
Maybe not. I don't know. But in our... Thank you, Lisa, for the 100 stars. Lisa, yes. So you can... You can absolutely... Since each of us pays attention to different aspects, for example, if I come into contact with somebody, they might be focused on what kind of shirt I'm wearing, what kind of shoes I'm wearing, and what kind of status symbols I have. Do I have money? Am I, you know, a good husband? Like they may be paying attention to those things, but what I may be paying attention to could be completely different. And I often am paying attention to what kind of energy this person has. And I'm picturing, you know, what kind of a partner is this person or how much fun are they or what kind of sexual energy do they have and what is their purpose in life and what are they feeling right now and what struggles can I identify with and help them with. So when you, and these are being addressed telepathically when you are encountering someone. So on when someone runs into me, and they're looking and interested in how much money I have, I'm telepathically letting them know that. I'm telepathically letting them know that I feel wealthy, and if you take a look in my bank account, I do have some cash in the bank, and if you take a look at my credit report, I've got a lot of debt. And on some level, they're able to perceive my level of wealth subconsciously. And that's why if you, and I'm able to perceive things like I can often spot people that I could help them because I can spot various things in them like, oh, you know, you're probably an alcoholic, aren't you? Like often I can spot like this person's an alcoholic even when they've hardly said anything to indicate that because I'm kind of looking for alcoholics to help and work with in my life. So I'm drawn to alcoholics. So when I'm encountering something, someone, I'm often checking them energetically like, is this person identifying with being an alcoholic? And often they will kind of energetically communicate that with me, although I may not be conscious of it right away. Lisa says, even if you're not around each other's presence, yes. Thank you for another 100 stars, Lisa, yes. So even if you're not physically with someone, you are very much in some kind of link with them. And this is most evident when you have a very strong connection with someone that is not physically around you. For example, when my family went out of town last weekend, I did not feel physically distant from them because I felt so close to them that it felt like they were around all the time. I felt no mental distance from them. And this can be evident if you're having a breakup with somebody. Now, while your conscious mind may be focused on the separation, you still are energetically very much connected. For example, I know someone who's going through a breakup right now and they are still very energetically connected with the person and what they're both putting out to each other is that kind of negative vibe. They're, they're both putting that out and giving that back and forth and then both suffering from what I see on account of it. And they're, they're, if you're thinking about somebody and you're feeling a lot of energy behind it, they're often thinking about you too, even if you're not physically around them. And you'll notice sometimes that your energy level around a particular person will spike 
and it's often in proximity to their energy level spiking with you. And sometimes it's very temporarily, like uh, maybe a month ago I had this spike of energy level around a girl that I had a crush on in high school, and the call to action for me was to be vulnerable and tell her that. I'd never told any of the girls in high school I'd had a crush on them, and it was exercising me in vulnerability. I had this temporary energy spike and was thinking about her a bunch, and that manifested. I sent her a message, and she sent me a message, and I shared my my experience in high school, and she shared an acknowledgement that she understood that and hoped that she hadn't caused me any harm or anything. And then that energy level subsided. And now there has not been very much thought about her since then. So if you're having an energy spike around someone else, they often are around you too. However, another qualification. Mod menu says, so on so many occasions, I feel as though I've manifested things into a happening, whether it be getting out of a combat scenario safely or hooking up with single women. And I'm sure Mod Menu, nice to see you today. Enjoyed watching your magic stream yesterday. I'll be doing some magic soon. That is absolutely the truth. You get what you think about all day long. And what I'm saying here is that what you think about is being communicated out to the rest of the universe telepathically and that everyone else in the universe that is open to it is capable of receiving what you're thinking about. And that's why it's possible, for example, if you're single and you're really looking to hook up with someone, you'll be drawn if you that's what you actually want. Now, some of us, we think in our conscious mind, we think I'm single and I really want to hook up with someone. But on a deeper level, what we're really wanting is to suffer and to tell a story of how we're a victim and to be sad that nobody will hook up with us. And what you're telepathically communicating is both what you're conscious of and what you may not be conscious of. When I used to be single and I didn't realize that I was putting this vibe out that uh, I want to suffer as a single man and be and complain about how women aren't giving me what I want and how the world's bad. I was putting that entire vibe out telepathically. And when I did not put that vibe out, it was very easy for me to attract single girls and hook up and mess around and have fun. But when, as long as I was putting that vibe out, I was pushed. I so many, <laughs> there's so many memories in my mind of like where single girls were just all around and the vibe I was putting out is I want to want you or I want you, but I don't feel like I can have you. So you probably want to stay away from me. <laughs> Because I'm just wanting, what I'm really wanting is to feel sorry for myself and struggle. And that's why it helps to really get deep down honest with ourselves about what do I really, really, really want. And you can see what you want by what you're talking about. If you notice you're complaining to your friends about something, is that what you'd like to experience? If you're complaining about, oh man, boys are such jerks. You know, they all cheat on you and are violent or whatever you're saying. Is that how you want men to be? Of course, you're right that some men are like that, but you're also wrong that all men aren't like that. And what's relevant is which men do you want to come across? Which women do you want to come across? 
I like to come across people who are open to receiving the love I have in my heart. And sometimes I'm surprised at who manifests. For example, there was a man outside of where I go get a massage once a week. There was a, a man screaming at his phone. I don't know if somebody was on the other side, but he was cussing and screaming. sounded very distraught. Now, in the past, I put out a vibe of I'm afraid of you and I am afraid you will hurt me or I will hurt you. And I'm going to defend myself and protect myself from you. And when I would come across somebody in that state, we would have a thing. We would have an interaction based on the vibe I was putting out. If they were open to it. Sometimes if they didn't want to get messed with, they would go move on. But if they did want to get messed with, then we'd have our thing. And I'd go out to get my gun out of the car at the bar or whatever it was. It. I'm glad I'm here today because I used to put that vibe out that I'm going to mess you up and you don't want to mess with me and I might hurt you and you might hurt me. And now I put this vibe out of I'm going to love you and help you feel good. And I love myself and I feel great. And what I find is people who don't want to feel good, who don't want to be loved, who truly want to suffer and will want to be miserable, will run away from me will not be able to stand to watch my live stream. We'll find it, we'll find one conscious reason or another why it's, well, this guy's just full of crap, he's just rambling on, whatever it is, they will not be able to stand to listen to this at all. And I find that physically. For example, I got out of my car, put on my angel wings, I walk over close to this man, but not directly connecting with him, because I can sense he doesn't want me to come over to him and give him a hug. I respect the vibe he's putting out of staying away from me, but at the same time, I go to where I need to go and stand there, which he respects that I'm, I'm going where I need to go because I need to go there, not because of what he's doing. This man unplugs his phone from the charger and immediately walks off across the street within getting in 10 feet of me. He does not look at me at all and walks off. And because he's telepathically communicating, I want to be miserable. And I'm telepathically communicating, I am at peace and I want to love you. And therefore, he takes his I want to be miserable self away from me so that he won't get any of what I've got. He's From his point of view, he's protecting himself from my good vibes. Ina says, is it better be sincere with the woman? Or is it better to lie sometimes to make it work? That's a beautiful question, Ina. I used to read a lot of dating stuff when I was a teenager. Thank you for the 100 stars. Is it Ani? I need to telepathically get how to say your names. <laughs> Honesty is always the best policy. Because here's the thing. Let's imagine you have a crush on somebody and they don't like you back but they just lie to you because they're tired of being single and they just like to have sex even though they don't like you that much. So they lie to you and they hook up with you and maybe they're even your partner. But then they started from a place of they're not happy and they continue to be unhappy and now you're not happy either because you had a crush on this person. What's wrong? Well, what's wrong is they were dishonest with you and uh, instead of them just being honest and being willing to 
potentially you have your feelings hurt in the short term. They didn't want to let you down. They wanted to get their needs met and they just went with it anyway. Then five years later, you have a kid and you're miserable together and you're wondering what happened. If they'd have simply been honest and said, eh, you're not my type. You might have had your feelings hurt for a minute, but then you would have found somebody else to have a crush on because most of us that feel worthy and deserving of love will not crush on somebody who is not right for us. And as soon as we open our heart and say how we feel, if they reject us, generally, if, if it truly is not right for either person, we'll move on pretty quickly. My wife said she didn't want to be my girlfriend a couple of times, but I felt that she really did. So it's always better to be honest and to get into yourself and be like, what is my truth? Like my truth is I love my wife and I love all of you and I love this life. Like that's my truth. And anything besides that is a distraction or a lie that I'm not interested in. And therefore, if I start thinking about judgmental thoughts about my wife, I see those are lies. And even if in the moment they might feel true, I know the truth is that I love my wife and I pray to get back to the truth. So it's always better to be sincere. And that's it comes back to telepathic communication though because if you feel you are ugly, if you feel you're not worth dating, if you feel you're kind of a loser, you'll put that vibe out. So if you tell a woman, oh, I love you so much, you're so beautiful, she hears your words, but she also receives the vibe of not feeling good. And what we often do is translate thoughts to us give, that are given to us personally. And if I had to do this again, I would state this up front. Often telepathy works by we think we're thinking about something ourselves. But really what we're thinking about is a function of who we're in contact with. I have certain things that I consistently think about while I'm around my wife. And when I'm not physically in her presence, I don't think about those things as much. For example, how to plan things out with the kids. And, you know, the stuff both of us think about is consistently on my mind when that is what I'm doing. And when I'm not focused on my wife, I'm thinking about other things. For example, when I'm out at yoga, I'm thinking about getting my body in shape. I'm thinking about who I can help. And I dip my mind over into I hope my wife's having a good bedtime with the kids, but my primary focus is on what the people I'm with and the thoughts I end up thinking in my head are often a function of the thoughts that other people I'm with are thinking as well. Which is why if you are, let's say, I can give this as a great example from my dating. I used to date girls and I would say all these nice, oh, you're so beautiful and stuff. But what they really heard was this is someone who doesn't believe they deserve to be in a happy relationship. This is someone who doesn't really like themselves. And what they would often translate that, they wouldn't like how they felt when I was around. And they wouldn't feel that crush on me because I didn't feel it about myself. And Mod Menu is feeling every word of what I'm saying. He says, I've been singles for three years, stuck on the same woman solely because she's a mother of my child. 
but after watching her go to man to man and going back to being single herself, I've started to realize maybe it isn't me that's the issue, but maybe it's her who's incapable of approaching my level of love and energy. Your thoughts, you will find a connection. And, and yes, that is, I'm feeling that. And I, I'm talking with a woman right now who she's externally very focused on the man she just broke up with. And from my view, she's very attractive. And I've let her know, like, from my point of view, you look perfect and fabulous. And I want you to be able to see yourself how I see you instead of just how you see yourself with all of your defects. And that's, that's the compliment I frequently I have to give out to help others to get a better perspective on themselves. And she's focused a lot on missing this man. And from my view, I see that that's coming from a place of, of not feeling good enough herself. And yes, it's normal to have some adjustments. But once you really see that when you're telepathically communicating, you are really sharing out what you want to. And what she's communicated to this man at the deepest level is that I want you to test me. I want you to help me grow. I want you to help me improve. I want you to stop putting up with my bullshit. That's what she's really communicated to him. And he is giving her that now. And she's experiencing some resistance because of what she's been through. He, Because of her behavior and his lack of desire to experience more of that, he left. So she's going through a lot of that heartache now. And I have a lot of empathy because I've been in her position frequently. And uh, also, I am there to help her see, look, if, if this man is right for you, the only way he will come back is if you really love yourself and to some degree, forget about him. Take good care. Love being with yourself. Take care of yourself. Change. Honor the message that he's sending you that I don't want to deal with you as you are. That you need to grow and change. Honor that message and make the changes according to it. I'm glad that my wife was ready to leave me. She sent me the message seven years ago. You either change or I'm out of here. And she didn't say it in those exact words, but I got the message. She said, I can't stand to be around you when you drink anymore. And I got the message I from her that you're going to be on your own if you keep acting like this. And that message got me to where I was willing to do anything to make the adjustments. And then I gave her the message back. Look, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be the best partner for you. And it, she tested me on that message because some of us think we can just change a little bit and immediately everybody will notice. But sometimes on a deepest telepathic level, we have asked the people around us to give us a test. And that we're often not conscious of some of the deeper things going on. That sometimes we've asked people, look, I want you to test me. Imagine as if you were kind of like in a classroom together and planning out your life. And you two are talking and you're so in love and, and you're, you know that that's eternal and unchangeable. And you two decide, look, you're playing a game. Like, you know what would be fun? 
I want you to fall in love with another man and leave me. And then the other, she's like, really? That sounds like it'd be pretty rough. But yeah, yeah, I want to see if I can still love you through that. Ooh, that's going to be a tough test. All right, I'll do it. You want to do it? I'll do that. Good, let's do it. And that's often the kind of telepathic communication we're engaging in. On a level of, I want you to test me and help me grow and improve. And you can be conscious of those kinds of messages you're putting out. I put out a message that I want people to help me feel good. And I want people to show me how trustworthy I am. I want people to show me how amazing and how powerful I am. I put out a vibe that I want people to help lift me up and I'll help lift them up. And uh, I realize that sometimes that means I get tested in one way or another. And often if you've gotten with a partner, they are somebody that on a spiritual level, you have agreed to test each other rigorously. And it doesn't mean you have to, for example, if, if she left you and she's been with a bunch of other men, it doesn't mean you have to get hung up with her. In fact, the lesson she may be teaching you is there's lots of beautiful women in the world. You don't have to get stuck on loving one. You can love someone else and be happy. That the lesson may be don't get hung up on the physical form. To appreciate all the different physical forms love can take. To be free to go love another woman. And the current woman that you are thinking and obsessing about or the current man that you think you're at odds with and they've broken up with you, they may be giving you a very valuable lesson. And when you open up to receiving that and you can see that, I'm now conscious that my wife is here to help test me. And when she talks lots of times, the telepathic communication I'm getting is, here's a little quiz for you. Let's see if you pass this one. And I'm giving back. Here's a little quiz. Sometimes I test her. And I'm like, here's a little quiz for you. Let's see how you're doing spiritually. Pew Pew Dave, I'm happy to hear you're connecting with, where is that? With Mod Menu. Brady says, I feel neglected and look like myself as a pharaoh all the time. Maybe that's my wife doesn't believe in me when I tell her she's gorgeous, but will leave my two best friends when they tell her she's beautiful and doesn't mean to be so insecure and be so hard on how she looks because my wife is gorgeous not only externally but internally. And what's so helpful is when you can... What's up, Stephanie? Nice to see you today. What's so helpful is when you can have that kind of awareness. So Brady, if you're feeling neglected and you look at yourself as a failure... That's good if you can have that level of honesty now. Like, that's your experience now. Sometimes my honest reflection is I'm not in a good place right now. When my wife walked in yesterday, she could already see how I was doing. And basically, when she's asking about it, what she's really asking is, what are you going to do from here? And she asked, how's it going? And I said, I'm feeling kind of bad right now. And it, of course, has nothing to do with you. And I'm open to feeling better. And I felt better within five minutes of saying that and felt good the rest of the day yesterday aside from a friend who gave me a little quiz. And the more connected you are with someone, the better they'll be able to spiritually quiz you or test you. And the more in the moment that test will feel like something negative, like I can't believe they did this or they said that or why'd they do that, I don't understand. And now I'm conscious of 
the real communication behind that. That's a little test. If you really love me, whether it's a lover romantically or whether it's a friend, a family member, if you really love me, can you see past this little test I'm giving you? Can you pass this little test I'm giving you? And Brady, the most powerful thing is when you can see how you feel and you know, I don't want to feel neglected anymore. I don't want to see myself as a failure. I've felt like a failure a lot with my business online. And the most valuable thing that can come out of that is when you turn it around and you say, I hate feeling neglected. I hate feeling like a failure now. How do you want to feel? Take that energy and turn it. All right, you hate feeling neglected and feeling like a failure. How do you want to feel? Well, I'd like to feel like a success. I'd like to feel like I'm connected and constantly cared for. Good. Now think about that all the time. And every single time your mind goes back to, ah, so neglected, I'm such a failure. How do you want to feel? I want to feel connected. I want to feel cared for. I want to feel like a success. Good. And you're not alone. I'm doing this with you at least probably 100 times a day. My mind, I go through that process. It goes into, well, this dude on my stream shouldn't be coming off talking about coincidence. Isn't it coincidence? Switch it over. What do I want to talk about on my stream? What do I want to truly communicate with my live stream? Well, this dude shouldn't have said that on my live stream. I should just go mute his comment. What do you want to communicate on your stream? What, who are you really? Well, I want to communicate that you can love people regardless of what they say to you. And if someone is truly in a negative space, and if you truly love and accept them, you will also feel joyous about walking away from them. I'm not saying you should just stick around and be abused by somebody. That somebody should, in fact, you will often feel better setting boundaries. I had a good conversation about this with my wife. What's up, Brandon? Nice to see you. Brady, thanks for inviting your friends to watch. Or maybe your enemies. <laughs> N.A. Milikoff, nice to see you today. I've always been in the teaching or most of the last like eight years. Like this has been my real thing. And gaming, I've used gaming or I've, I've also loved gaming and gaming's how I've kind of worked getting this in there. What's up, Andreas? Nice to see you today. Let me give you an example with my wife. A few, I used to think of myself as this monster who was ready to lash out and hurt people. And that's how I used to think of myself, that at any moment I might snap, especially verbally and emotionally, telepathically, maybe physically, but not usually. And uh, that was communicated to the people around me. And in fact, some of the people around me who wanted an external monster to blame their own feelings on, even my wife. What's up, Dane? Nice to see you today. Or even, and some people will actually be attracted to that. You will find that the monsters attract monster haters and monster lovers. That your thoughts will so powerfully be communicated to those around you that you will attract people who both, who will support it in all different ways. So my wife used to be in the habit of kind of being afraid of what I would do next and setting this expectation up that I'm just going to ruin things. 
And it took a while for me to get to a place to feel like that's not who I am. Who I am is someone who's trustworthy, who is dependable, who's honorable. And if I'm going to make some changes, what's up, Steven? Nice to see you today. That I will do so honorably. That I'm not going to suddenly surprise you with infidelity. Or I'm not going to suddenly surprise you with something insane like I'm going to talk with you about what I'm thinking about and be open beforehand and make changes together with you in mind that I'm not going to suddenly chainsaw the couch as I did one night and back when I drank I often was kind of monstrous in the things I did and what after years of working on myself and getting myself to a place where I started to feel like I'm safe I'm healthy. Alexander, thanks for turning those notifications on. David, I am having a fantastic day today. Once I got myself to a place where I felt safe, where I felt I'm not a monster, I am a love. I'm an absolute love and an angel on this planet. I noticed my wife was still in the habit sometimes of focusing on those you're a monster thoughts. And one day she was saying some of these things and I was able to have a conversation with her and say, look, I am not a monster. And I, yes, I understand the things I've done in the past that have bothered you, and I'm not doing those things today. So if you go around expecting and thinking and on edge that I'm going to do these things, then that's on you. You need to work on that. And I expect you, if you want to be happy here, change your thoughts. Stop thinking of me as this person who's going to wreck your life or this person who's volatile and unpredictable. Stop thinking of me like that and start thinking of me as someone who's dependable, who's trustworthy, who you're happy with, who you're proud of. Because your thoughts, I can feel you thinking about me the way you are and your thoughts are creating what you don't want. And since we've had that conversation, my wife has very consistently worked on eliminating those thoughts in myself and I don't feel those thoughts from her hardly ever now. Occasionally, we'll have an uncomfortable moment and some of those come up. And by occasionally, I mean it's happened maybe once or twice this year in four months. She's been doing her work to take responsibility that if she's going around thinking of her husband as this dark man who could do anything at any time, then she's hurting our relationship by thinking that way because she's communicating those thoughts and expectations to me. And therefore, when you really own yourself and get into your truth, you're in a better position to set boundaries with other people and to let people know what you expect. And I expect if you're going to be close with me that you're going to lift me up. And I expect that you are going to think of me how I want to be thought of. And I'm not going to hang out with you or be friends with you or be around you if you think negatively of me and you expect negatively of me. And I, you might say one of the dark sides of me is I am kind of intolerant of or ruthless about who I surround myself with. That if you are in some dark spot, I will reach a hand out to you and lift you up and encourage you. But I also will not reinforce, oh, you know, like give you more fuel for your dark fire. I will not give you any illusion that there's not, that I will not give you an illusion that you're a victim. 
I will let you know this is your choice. You're feeling how you choose to feel now. Uh, and I will not have you as a regular part of my life if you are a dark force. Like if my kids got into some addiction or some bad habit, I would be happy to kick them out of the house with love and say, look, I love you so much. This is my house and I love my house and my house is a place of love and you will bring love into this home and be love while you're in this home or you will find a new home. And some people look at that as a dark side, like you want somebody who will just put up with you through anything. And I think the expectation of good behavior is very beneficial. I don't even hold the thought in my mind that it's possible for my wife to be unfaithful to me. I think she even feels safe enough she makes jokes about it. Like, I'm la she gets a text. She's like, oh, hold on. That's my boyfriend. And it's funny to me because I refuse to let my mind hold that as a possibility. And that's what I've told her is what you think of that's possible out of me. You, to some degree, are asking for it. So I encourage you to think of me how you want me to behave and to hold me in a light that you'd like me to exist in. And that's what I do with her. And I think of her in a way that I want her to be. And I do that with everybody. I don't think of anybody anymore in a way that I don't want them to be. Even if people, and when I've got people in my life that are struggling, the, the thing I look for telepathically is do they wanna feel better? Is there some desire within them is there some opening where I can help them feel better? And if not, then I'm not going to talk to them. And if so, then I will share with them because I look for that in myself. When I'm in a dark spot, is there some desire to feel better? And then I gravitate to who can help me feel better. Lisa, I'm glad that resonated with me. Brady says, very inspirational. I was having a dark and horrible day and he's turned that around. Much love. I appreciate your time. You turned my whole mood around today. My great pleasure, Brady. I'm putting out the telepathic vibe that this is a place, whether you're uh, live on Facebook or after it was live on Facebook or on the podcast, the Jerry Banfield Show, I'm putting out the vibe that this is somewhere energetically, whether you're listening in your car or at the gym or at home on the toilet in the dining room in the kitchen while you're cooking something or doing laundry, and I think while I'm pulling things you all are actually doing into my mind as I'm saying things that you all are doing, which is how I get the idea to do it. Now, individually, you only may be doing one of the things or one of you is probably gardening. I'm putting out the vibe that this is somewhere you come to feel good. And other things, that's why you want to be aware of the vibe on things because there's lots of things in this world that put a vibe out of come here if you want to feel bad. And once you start to get that level of sensitivity, you can differentiate on the incoming telepathic energy. Like if you see a news scroll story scroll by about who got murdered and with a suspect's picture and all that, then you can see the telepathic energy you're inviting in if you click on that. And you can then have a choice and say, you know what? That's a feel-bad story. And uh, I, my head is not in the sand. I realize that there's a lot of reasons 
one could feel bad about things that are going on in this planet. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of people that are gonna die on this planet today. You could even feel bad that there's gonna be 200,000 more people born than die today. I realize there's a lot of things going on that one could feel bad over. And I also see there's even more reasons to feel good and it's up to me what I want to experience. And I've experienced a lot of feeling bad, which has given me a powerful desire and a powerful understanding of what feels good. And therefore, even feeling bad has a lot of value because it shows you, well, if you don't want to feel that way, how do you want to feel? If you don't want to feel neglected and like a loser, tell me how you do want to feel. You want to feel like a winner who's connected? What do you need to do? How do you need to think to bring that into your reality? And what's cool, when you see that this telepathic communication is happening all the time, you're able to kind of not take every thought or thing that happens to you so personally. Because you see, some of the thoughts you're thinking are simply what other people around you are thinking. And some of the experiences you're having are because in some way you've attracted that or you've thought about it and now here it is. Rather, you didn't want, you really didn't want that to happen. The last key point I'll make with tele telepathy again is your emotional intensity is the biggest driver of your communication. So if you think about something you really, really, really want, you will attract and you think of it from a place of I deserve this, I really want to feel like a winner. I really want to love myself. I really want to be connected to other people. I would love so much to have a partner in my life who can see that about me. The speed, and you put that out with, and you draw all your emotion into it. You might even start crying. You think of it so hard. The harder you focus your emotion, the faster, the more intense the communication you're putting out. And that's why some of you feel something special while you're here. It's because I'm putting that out and you're open to receiving that. Whereas others are, don't see anything. They're like, this is just some dude chatting. Nothing interesting going on here. Like, that's fine that each of us has different points of view. It's law of attraction. So you're here because you want to feel good. And it, the same as you've attracted this into your life. You can attract a partner that if you think you'd like a partner just like me, one will materialize. Probably not in this physical form, but one that will be similar. Whether man or woman, whatever you want, the universe is ready to provide it with you. So thank you for listening to this. You all must love hearing me talk because I think, all right, I just want to talk for an hour today. That'll be enough. Then I can play some magic. And I often... I get so excited. It's like I well, want me to just keep talking and talking. And I know when to stop talking because the words kind of start to silence kind of starts to fall upon me a little bit. So I'm feeling that right now. Thank you for a fantastic conversation today. I love you all. And I'm thinking of you all. I consciously connect with you all. And I give you out all good vibes and energy directly telepathically as, as often as it occurs to me because it helps me feel good. So I love you all. Noel, nice to see you. Brady, thanks for inviting your friends. I hope you have a wonderful day today. If you prefer to listen, these are available on the Jerry Banfield Show podcast. If you prefer to watch live, 
Facebook almost every day, 11 a.m. Eastern. Brady, I have two numbers right now. If you go to my website at jerrybanfield.com, the new number is on there. The old one still works also. Jason says, great stream. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. I love you all. This has been fantastic. 